0: Hello, and welcome to this, our third ever Global Game Jam post-mortem, uh, with- from Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger.
1: I'm Trevor Scott.
0: And this is how we start these things. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, look, this past weekend, uh, the start of 2020, end of January 2020- uh, Trevor and I uh, went to the Global Game Jam, went into Melbourne, hosted this year at the JMC Academy, put together by the wonderful Giselle Rosman, who has been on the podcast before, and we love seeing her every year when we do this. Uh, And we, over 48 hours, along with many thousands of people around the world... But especially
1: 200 and so people in Melbourne.
0: Well, yes, very... Geographically, specifically with those two hundred and fifty odd people in Melbourne, uh, yeah, we made a video game in approximately forty-eight hours—a little bit less than that, actually. Now we didn't um, do it
1: alone; we did have some help. This is true.
0: Uh, why don't you tell everybody who joined our team?
1: Well, once again this year, we had your brother-in-law Ryan join us, and that's right. This year, we had someone from just from Facebook at random. By the name yeah, of Arando. Richard Gubb. He joined our yes. team um, after we mentioned that we were looking at doing some VR. Which Yeah, he was
0: he was interested in trying that out and he was looking for a team, so we said, Hey,
1: come along, that's what it's all about. So hopefully if everything goes well, next year's post mortem again we'll be this same team again. Yeah. Um maybe, it- maybe
0: we'll add some more. Who knows? Uh <laughs> but no, it was a good little uh a bit good little uh, quartet. That we put together. Yeah. And, yeah, so we, you know, kicked it off. The theme this year uh, was repair, and that was a good ki- a good jumping off point uh, for us. As you know, on Bitstorm, you know, we put game, put words into game ideas all the time. So, that was one half of our click pitch right there once we finally got it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we did our usual thing of adding some words, like getting our our own random word generator and, and, and doing literally that
1: using uh, repair as one half of a click pitch uh, and, and threw around some ideas. So, the first game that we talked about ended up being the actual game that we went with. So, we won't talk about that one just yet. Do you, do you yeah. have some of the other ideas there? I don't have them right in front of you. <laughs> Because are they not does, on the Trello?
0: Who who, prepara- who does preparation? You don't have the Trello uh, <laughs> <laughs> open. No, okay. So, I do remember um, some of the other games. So, one of them we thought of, uh, and we didn't have as many strong ideas this year as last year. Like, last year we had some real big ones that mm-hmm. we kind of were, were going back and forth between. But, um, no, one of the ones that I do recall was uh, you were, like, a on a train, uh, sort of a train conductor situation where you were up in a control tower and the idea would be that using sort of, you know, connecting wires, and because we really wanted to make a VR game. We should yep. say that up front. Like, that was kind of the plan, go in make a VR game. We brought our Oculus Rifts with us and, uh, and that was the plan. So, the train game would have been, the idea was that, yeah, you're connecting wires together to sort of uh, make switches out there on the train line work. Uh, which would then bring trains back to you, which would have more resources that would main. You could perhaps then make the other uh, other switches work and basically eventually you would get whatever the goal was. You know, we didn't actually get that far. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was the idea.
1: Yep. Uh, one of the other games that we did come up with was a dentist for a robot <laughs> killing all the bacteria that were, that were basically making the robot's teeth rust. Didn't really go very fast.
0: Yeah. It was for a robot?
1: Yeah. I I didn't remember that. Yeah. I I said robot. I don't think everyone else heard the fact that I said robot. I don't
0: know if we went on with... Yeah, I don't know if we went on with robot. Uh, But I do remember that I think... Well, part of that game was that you're going to be able to, like, maybe shrink small, like it was kind of a... You shrink down and go inside the mouth and stuff, and you're sort of banging on the teeth in different ways. Again, sort of shouldn't get that visceral uh, VR... The experience happening, yeah, uh, yeah, and so then we, uh, we, I mean, we moved on to basically what was the what ended up being the final the final game. Uh, and it's funny because it started off. We sort of had two versions of this game. The very first idea we had was, yeah, that you were on some sort of spaceship or some sort of machine machinery sort of thing. I think it was always a spaceship. Yeah, I and think it was a spaceship. Yeah. You were having to really again connect. Sort of why is that? We liked the idea of plugging in those big kind of chunky uh, phone phone connectors, like on a yep. switchboard or something, uh, and coming up with ideas of having to like reach behind things, and you'd have a ca- like a camera on the end of a torch that you so you were <laughs> you know looking at a screen while reaching around with the other hand trying to, trying to grab things and, and find where different things were connecting or not connecting and.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and the idea of having different colored wires that you had to connect up and occasionally, like, there'd be something happen to the camera and it go to black and white. So, you had to trust the pattern on yes. the on the wires. And it was, yeah. you know, way too far out of scope it for was, a 48-hour game changer. Yeah,
0: like, how are we going to do it? So, we actually, we did it on a click picture and we came up with the word balance. And I think it was Richard who came up with a general idea of kind of having to balance different systems. Yeah. Uh, like that. And so, the idea that, that kind of uh, snowballed then into the idea that we ended up doing, which was this game where you're in a spaceship and you've got five different systems in front of you that all have to be powered up by these kind of power cores. And they start failing, basically. and you So, you'd have to yep. be switching these power cores back and forth to decide what was most important to be powered at any one time.
1: The systems that we... First came up with was the lights, mm-hmm. the um, like stability slash gyros, yep, oxygen slash life support, yep, communications and um, cryogenics. Basically, you had to pa- power up the cryopods that were that were behind you.
0: Yeah, so we kind of decided, and we we came to that one a little bit late. Uh, yeah, I that's mean, why when you, I say a little bit a little late, this <laughs> happened all over the all over the course of about an hour or so yeah uh, it was pretty quick but uh yeah we we sort of realized oh wait what if you're hauling these cryogenically frozen people and if you don't keep them you know cold enough by give, by powering up this system then they start to die off uh which sort of we figured gave it a bit of stakes
1: yeah you're or not just trying to keep enough. yourself alive you're trying to keep you know some yeah some other humans alive
0: yeah and and we actually had a a very interesting idea that we didn't end up really implementing, which was that you would have to either sacrifice yourself to save the people in the pods or be selfish and uh, and let them die so you could live. Yeah, did, didn't end up sort of going down that route.
1: In the end. yeah, I, I, I like where we where we ended up, which was sort of like um, you had a couple of different win slash lose states. Like you had two different win states: one where you kept all the all the humans alive. One that some of them died. Um, and then you had lose dates in which you ran out of, you ran out of oxygen or yep. you killed all the, um, you killed all the humans.
0: Like- yeah. So, yeah, we ended up going down this route of like, there's some, there's actually in the end some, some fairly in depth narrative stuff in there. Uh, I, I kind of took, took the lead and, um, started writing some stuff. As we were kind of developing these things and deciding how we were going to trigger off, like when the different power cores die and stuff, I was like, okay, well, maybe it's based on timing and and that sort of thing. And then and then we sort of came up with this idea. <clears throat> we sort of came up with this idea of uh, that you were waiting to be rescued because you'd made it this far and now you're failing and you just had to stay alive long enough for for this rescue to the rescue ship to come. Hmm. But as I as I wrote this thing, <laughs> it sort of really ended up going down this, like, uh, kind of anti-corporate <laughs> way where the whole thing was that you were basically this peasant who had been sent on this huge multi-year journey away from your family with the promise that you would be paid out and your family would- uh, would be rich, just like the, you know, 0.1% that rules this universe or this yep. galaxy. Um, and and so especially they this they treat McEarth. Like <laughs> this planet of McEarth, yeah. Uh, so I came up with some nice little. The floating sea of Australia. I kind of figured it... I kind of started thinking, just because we're in Australia, that like Australia had become the like. The, the corporate centre of Earth, somehow. <laughs> uh, I'm it. not sure how that happened, but I'm sure we could come up with some reason, like we're isolated enough from the...
1: From the nuclear pollution of the, of to, the yeah. northern hemisphere. Yeah, exactly. From World War Three. Yep.
0: Um, so that was fun. And in the end, uh, not many people read it because it's actually hard to read it coming up on the screen as you're trying to do all this stuff. But it was fun writing it.
1: Yeah, I... I I've played it numerous times and just today I read some dialogue. I'm like, oh, I haven't actually seen that bit of dialogue before. (laughs) Because usually when I'm down to one core, I'm like, oh, shit, I can't go. (laughs) I've got to go. I've got to go move things faster. So, one interesting choice we did make,
0: uh, which I'm glad we changed, but originally the comm system- Well, originally we had the comm system as something you had to power up. And so, literally, if you turned it off, you wouldn't get the text coming up and the exposition- uh, but given that we were kind of kind of using that text to explain like to say things when your cause died and 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 give some context to stuff that was happening uh as well as the possibility of like originally i thought okay you, we could write some stuff where if you turn it off and then turn it back on it will pick up sort of where it left off after a little bit of a
1: yeah, and you had some narrative stuff in there. It's like, oh, I lost you for a second. And yeah, yeah, and that sh- I had that trigger at one point, but
0: yeah, eventually we decided, okay, actually, we just need to leave the comms on the whole time. Yeah, and we just made that the like the navigation, although well, I think it's kind of like the beacon almost. Yeah,
1: it's like a guidance is what is what it's actually called in the yeah. in the game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it basically sends out a signal so that the robot robot ship can actually come pick you up. Come find you. So, if your signal strength goes too low, then uh,
0: the progress of the rescue will will halt, and so you have to keep that powered up to finish the game.
1: Uh, one of the one of the earliest things that we sort of set in place was the gyro. I remember the original version of it, which just had like we had a really dodgy window in front of us, and we parented everything else to to that, and just yep. saw what it felt like to. Like, be continually turning around, and <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that's when we
0: knew we had something good, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, it felt like because I think, did we have the planet at that point?
1: Uh, we, maybe had, a big sphere, we had maybe not, I maybe, yeah, um, had one of the earlier planets, and then we but, finally found one on, on the Unity store but, that was good, you
0: know. As our saying goes, everything's fun in VR, even spinning aimlessly through space, so. Uh, the fact that we sort of managed to put together this scene where we had the single spotlight and we were spinning this window around, and you could see the stars and the backdrop moving, and the lights kind of moving across this window—I mean, it felt—I mean, it made you sick for one. We had because we had it up too high. Yeah, uh, or when we had it up too high, it did. Uh, but yeah, it, it. was I still like, reckon oh, this we could turn it a little bit,
1: just a little bit higher, because I still don't find it that uncomfortable. It's true. It's true. Most people we saw play
0: tested eventually. It wasn't too much of a hassle for them to just leave the stability
1: core. But like a few people said, Unpowered. oh, this is, this is making my, my stomach feel a bit weird. And like, good, yeah. that's a good level. There.
0: <laughs> we were, yeah, we were a bit concerned about the whole motion sickness thing. But uh, no, I think we, we got pretty close.
1: I mean, basically, you're staying in the same spot the whole time as well. So, you're not having to, like, teleport around or anything like that. Um, yeah. In the latest build, like, you can't even turn around anymore with the... Um, with the thumbsticks or anything yeah. like that, it's only sort of facing forward. You can turn around uh, physically to see what's behind you. Uh, ben had a great idea of putting in a whole heap of um, just spent cores, and it looks really yeah. cool with like a particle effect that I that I put yeah, in. Yeah, Trevor
0: in put there. together a really nice kind of smoky smoking particle effect that we have off the off the spent cores. And, uh, yeah, we just sort of got them floating around in the
1: background. Yeah. So, I mean, really, the way that it all worked was quite interesting. We, we set up, um, you know, the Trello very, very early. And, and then pretty much abandoned it once we got started, well, but. Had an idea to, to do a whole heap of stuff in the Trello and say what we were doing. And what it ended up being was we all just worked really well together that we, we sort of knew, oh, okay we need to work on this so ben was working on the dialogue manager richard was working on the systems like he built a, a great base that um that then fed into all the other systems and was easy yep. to just add new systems to uh really quickly i was working on some basic uh graphics for the um for the ui and also for the um the comms uh, well i'm very systems. early on you you
0: did a lot of stuff with the back you know, like you put together the the stars and the planet, and yeah, um, so I was, the backdrop and stuff. Even put though a really I'm not of the very core.
1: artistic, I, I was putting together a lot of a lot of the um just looking for different visuals and, and yeah. getting. Yeah, um, I think some one of the, of the reasons work. we,
0: I think one of the reasons we do work so well is we were very. I think we were all quite good at knowing when to stop working on something because it was going to take too long. Yeah, um, like with cutting the comps thing, or like that something was going to get too complex. And actually, very early on, because what, what we sort of envisioned with the cores is that it would be that real sort of slower, like slide the core into a hole and twist it to kind of um, to to enable it, and then yeah. the opposite, the yeah. opposite motion to pull it out. Which I think could be really good in in VR. But we uh, had that.
1: We were working on that for like an hour, and then decided no, maybe. Yeah, the lose. first,
0: the first thing, yeah, that was the first thing I started working on was okay, I'm going to get this motion happening. And you know, there are some systems in place to be able to do those sorts of things, like the you know, so, from a technical point of view, we're coming into this with just the Steam VR API for Unity, uh, mm-hmm. which gives you some really nice stuff. It it does all the stuff with the hands and lets you grab things and throw things and interact, let interact things, tools, yeah, interact interact with things uh and gives you like nice little events to hook into but uh and it also gives you some things like the linear drive and the circular drive which is which basically constrains uh, things to a certain axis and lets you interact with them, like pull them between two points and gives you, gives you events then, like when it's all the way open or all the way closed and that sort of thing.
1: It was very hard to find out how to get them to interact with each other so that you got down to a point and then you could turn a linear drive into a circular drive and yes. vice versa.
0: So the first thing that I ran into was I couldn't figure out how to disable the linear drive. Uh, you know, basically I wanted it to go, to sh- go straight for a certain amount of time, stay on that one axis, but then yeah, once you either pushed it in all the way, I wanted it to then be stuck on that axis and become a circular drive where it rotated. Uh, Or if you'd pulled it all the way out, obviously, we wanted it to then attach to your hand and, and be something that you can move. But, you know, there, I, I'm sure there are probably ways to do that. But in the time frame we had, we couldn't figure it out soon enough. And we we're like, yeah. wait a sec. It's not necessary. Like, that's a fun little, you know, VR, you know, you know interaction. But- We could just have them pop into place. Like, we can just- You put them in a slot and they pop into place when you let go. And probably within half an hour after that, I basically had that working, right? Yeah.
1: In fact, on Friday night, by the end of Friday night, we actually had a fairly- A fairly rudimentary version of- Yeah. Of being able (laughs) to put all the cores in place. And sure, they weren't connected up to systems yet, but it still felt- I think the gyro was- I think the stability was hooked up by that Friday night. Oh, yeah.
0: So, yeah, we actually, by that Friday night, had sort of a working prototype where you could hook up one system and if the core was powered up, then it, would, then it would power it and otherwise it would, like, change the state of things. And so, you know, that was- we were pretty happy with that.
1: Oh, very, very happy with our progress. In fact, like, it, this was pretty much our easiest global game jam to date. Like- Absolutely. Was yeah. No stress. It was just chill. As, well, for me anyway, I'm not sure about how Ryan and Richard felt. But <laughs> no, you and I were pretty chill. Uh, I don't know if that was just because we were just there to have fun,
0: or we, you know, we knew we were pretty far ahead by that point. And
1: yeah, have, having done having done three now, I I feel that we were we were very much in, in the right um, headspace, like headspace throughout the entire, yeah. throughout the yeah, entire sure. uh, weekend. We didn't spend as much time. You know, sort of. I was I was envisioning, you know, spending a bit of time, you know, playing games. Yeah, taking some like taking some some longer breaks other, and stuff, but other time away from from the game. But because the game was so um, so fun, and we we were enjoying it so much. Like well, that's it. I on think the problems.
0: It's, I think it's important to have outlets for the times that you need them. We just kind of haven't needed them. We've been lucky that uh, as we've done these game jams this time and in the past. We've sort of we've come up with a good idea, and we've, all we've wanted to do really is just yeah. keep working on it and see how far we can get with it. Uh, and so, particularly this time, everything was just coming together really nicely. I was like, "All right, well, let's see how far we can get." And, you know, by the by lunchtime on Saturday, we were like, "Oh, like we've we kind of we're going to have a lot of time to polish this. Like, this is fantastic."
1: Yeah. So, a lot of the rest of the time after after lunchtime Saturday, which is you know not even twenty four hours into it, was okay. How yeah. much further can we push this and I mean, Ryan did a fantastic job on building out the ship and like adding, you know, cryo beds and all this sort of stuff—stuff stuff that we were thinking that we weren't going to have. I spent some time actually mm-hmm. building like an initial model of the of the power core, which he then went away and and built a a um a much nicer looking power core that uh then you yeah. build. But that was good because you you gave him the yeah. nice
0: because uh, so so let let let's. It, it, we're sort of talking about this in a way like it, th- it all went perfectly. And, I mean, it went yeah. very well. One time that- the, the first time, the only real time that I was particularly worried was around about, like, before lunch on Saturday. We kind of hadn't locked down the scale of the scene yep. that <laughs> we were in. Uh We weren't really talking to each other about what we were working on particularly. And it felt a bit like- uh, it wasn't coming together. We weren't at the right spot. I just started getting that feeling like, okay, we we need to be a bit further on yep. than this. But having said that, we talked about it and we got on the same page and then we pretty quickly figured out the good scale and it started feeling better and we placed the little uh, power connectors and core connectors and, and were able to sort of really- Oh, yeah, because the original console like was going to feel like
1: absolutely massive compared to the VR size. So, you couldn't physically actually yeah. um, reach all the, all the parts. But then uh, the way that Ryan did it after that was he provided just an individual console that we could then place wherever we needed to. Yeah. Once they were placed, it actually felt like, oh, wow, this is actually the perfect yeah. position so away from us.
0: It was really- It was figuring out that-
1: that flow of Ryan working on models
0: and, and how we needed to deal with them and, and which bits he placed, like, on the core mesh and which bits he kind of made separate so that we could use in-game and
1: place them in Unity um, so that they were more easily tweaked and, and managed. Now, um, in saying this this all, it doesn't mean that, you know, everything went 100% smoothly and all that sort of stuff as well. Like, um, I know that there were a couple of times where... Two people were were editing the main scene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we definitely lost some work here and there. Mostly just hooking stuff up. Yep. Luckily, it wasn't. You know, I know I I had to end up putting all those mesh colliders in two or three yep. times um, because we. You know, the way we'd set up the model, unfortunately, we realized in hindsight was not ideal because basically, if you started putting any objects
1: onto that model, we couldn't make it into a prefab properly, and, and it was editing the scene itself. Yep. So it. And that caused it some did issues. Definitely but. caused some issues because it, we found out that um, prefabs from models uh, you can't actually um, edit and save properly in Unity. Um, mm. Had we made yeah, a, a had had we made odd. a, you know, uh, empty that it was part of, then it would have been a lot easier to actually combine together. And that's something that we can. Next time we that's will something, know something that we know for the future. Other things that I'd like to have done is. Like create a model of the console that actually had the connect point inside it, so that um, we could just pull pull the next one out, and we didn't have to modify the positioning of the of the collider. Like we still have to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, these are things that we that we've taken away, and we're going to learn about.
0: Although, having said that, there is something to be said for the, it's being separated because it means. We could put connect points anywhere and they would work the same way. They wouldn't have to be in yeah, the console. Exactly.
1: We could actually put one in, yes. in the ship that, like, we've been talking about putting a hidden um, self-destruct port around somewhere. <laughs> self-destruct port, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, look, I think we'll get to the stuff that we didn't get to do and ideas that we had. I did want to talk about the sound and the oh, music yeah. uh, because, you know, as we've known in the past, it's and we haven't done in the past, it's actually good to get onto that early. So, we actually- uh, Richard did go down to audio, I think, Friday on Friday night, night and yeah. uh, uh, to give him at least some of the the basic yeah, ideas met, that we met a, for a great
1: guy by the name of Mestre. Yep, and he loved our loved our little pitch and started going away and just doing some some work on some sounds himself. And uh, even though we were originally thinking of not having too much in the way of music, he actually came up with like a a set of loops that we could we could put together as we wished uh Mm. we didn't have time during the game jam to actually put everything together i just put like the
0: yeah unfortunately because particularly because we had some issues with the music transitioning between scenes and stuff uh the game jam version didn't have music during the uh the game itself but trevor over the last few days since then has been doing some additional work and cleaning some things up and making things work better including
1: uh Putting together the music. Uh, putting together music, putting together a, a brand new console at the very start that you can actually have a little mini tutorial and learn how to how to use the force pull that um, that Ben created on Friday night.
0: <laughs> yeah, that I whipped together. Um, I spent uh, <laughs> that was actually one other thing that kind of didn't go right because if you've played VR, you know there's a bit of a, a force pull technique where you can kind of point at something and, and grip it and it'll come towards you. Uh, so first of all, you know, usually that happens when you're pointing at something, which is uh, fine. And that's how I started. And I just had a little particle system firing out to so I could really that was initially just so I could see where it was, where it was. Uh, we ended up keeping it basically. But um, I thought, okay, well, I'll just add some physical, you know, physical force to that object. I should say that we decided that. We weren't gonna have any gravity. It was you're in space, it was low gravity, it meant that we could have things floating around and, and geez, it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels good, it's it's really fun. But I could not quite get that force working correctly where you could just easily pull something towards you and it would go into your hand and look quite nice. So we ended up just basically snapping it directly into your hand no matter the distance. Uh which actually feels yeah, it does. fine. Uh, it
1: doesn't feel as good as what it was feeling when we decided to put the um, the throwable script and the force pull on the earth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we had some nice moments playing around.
1: I accidentally put gravity Particularly- on, on the earth. <laughs> the earth
0: While I was in the game, I was sitting in the cockpit of this ship and all of a sudden the earth fell out of the sky. I was not
1: expecting and it. We laughed. For quite quite a we long are. time,
0: it, it is one of the wonders of Unity. Actually, how much you can make changes to the running game as it's going, and particularly when someone else is in VR and they can't <laughs> see what you're doing on the screen. I didn't realize. I just put. Uh, I you just, can have all sorts. I of put fun. the
1: throwable script on there, but um, when you put the oh, and it adds it a rigid potty with gravity, with gravity yeah. straight away, and that's what I was actually trying to do. I was trying to surprise you in that you could grab the <laughs> earth. But instead, it just <laughs> dropped out of the sky. <laughs> oh, I wish we had a video of that. That was a really funny moment. Yeah, that would have been a great moment to actually have.
0: All right, well, we won't go on too much longer, but let's let's have a little talk about kind of the level of polish we got it up to and and what we would have liked to have included if we'd had time. Yeah. So, you know, we were pleased we got... Lose states in, we got win states in. We managed to, you know, if you get to the end, that's something got, that we haven't uh, actually
1: done before. Because if you actually play the previous games, not that we really. Did, yeah. um Boom! You couldn't actually lose or win it, um, even if you, even if you fully downloaded the, um, the game. It, it, yep, didn't actually care whether you passed or failed. It just, <laughs> it was just <laughs> stopped um, or yep. It continued. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. And the parents never actually came. Yeah, home, you, ma- which is yeah, what they were supposed to right. do. Oh, what else? Uh, Ghost house. Like, you. Ghost ghost home, whatever it was. uh, You could actually, you know. It's a home, not a house. You could beat up the (laughs) the ghosts, but you couldn't actually, like. Win. Win, I think you could
0: die. I think you could fail. But uh, yeah, you couldn't win it. so yeah, we were pleased. We got in actual, actually, sort of multiple, multiple lose states. Uh,
1: technically multiple win states. It just sort of plays different yep. dialogue. You've actually heard us say words that we never thought that that we'd be saying in this, and that's uni- Unity instead of Unreal. The last couple of games have been in Unreal, and this time we we decided to actually go Unity. Yeah, that was mainly because we <laughs> we
0: waited until basically. Well, Trevor, you'd done a little bit, but I waited until the last week before the game jam to go, hmm, I should think about looking at how to develop games in VR. Um, And so I messed around a bit with Unity and sort of got some things working. And then I was like, oh, but I really like Unreal for some stuff. Started looking into that and it just... I realized, okay, this is going to be—it's—it's it's just way too. There's a lot of difficulty getting it working properly in Unreal yep. and getting certain and things then, working. And I'd and I'd had that experience a little bit with some other things, like some nav, navigation stuff and different things, uh, where I just managed to get it working so much quicker in Unity.
1: There's a video that I'd like to be able to send out to you all, but it's depending on whether Ben's going to continue with his idea a little bit further. But he's got a um he's got an interesting VR uh, dice throwing um, mechanic. That he was working on uh, just with his Steam VR yeah, set up. And- well,
0: and that's really what made me realize, okay, we can do this. Because uh, just over a few nights, I, I put together, uh, yeah, this nice little, little dice throwing game that I, yeah, I think I will try to continue with. So, don't
1: say too much about it, but it's...
0: I won't say too much about it because I actually think it's a really
1: neat idea, the cool idea, the cool thing was that we went through a couple of different um, like APIs and that sort of stuff. So we tried the VR toolkit. We tried, um, I've tried in the past, just Oculus itself, and we found that yep. Steam VR not only would it allow more than just Oculus to to be able to play to be able to be played with it, but also was very easy with all the interactions that it actually provides with. Within the system itself.
0: It's got some nice little classes and and components that you can very easily throw onto things to just, I mean, and to rapidly prototype, which is exactly what you want to be able to do with a game jam. The Uh, fact that we didn't uh, have to think about, okay,
1: can we turn this into a throwable is literally chuck a throwable script on and you immediately get throwable and interactions and rigid body installed straight away. And you can throw anything around without even thinking about
0: it. It all just works. You can hook anything into the events for when you pick things up, when you throw them, when they, you know, leave your hand, different things. So uh, and look what the the beauty of VR really in these situations is unless they're directly interacting with the stuff with the VR headset and hands, it's just like a yep. normal game at that point. So it's it's all the same stuff that we already kinda knew from from previous yeah. development. And you know, working uh, school so
1: there where we had two um, two people with VR headsets and two people without Mm -hmm. wasn't actually as hard as what I thought it was going to be.
0: No, it wasn't too bad. And again, thankfully, SteamVR has a nice little thing where you can uh, kind of test things out in in a very rudimentary way without VR just by kind of dragging them around the the scene and stuff. But that means you can test your interactions, you can test your connections, you can test your actual game stuff. And then, yeah, we we just periodically- you know, one of Ryan or, or Richard would say, "Hey, can I test out this scene or test out this system in the VR to see how it feels?" And we, yep you know, build it, build it. And we tried to, we tried to do them it as
1: quickly as possible. Sometimes it took half an hour. Sometimes it took, you know, three minutes. Uh, yeah. it depends on what we were working on at the time. Especially because when I was working the particle stuff, it was like I just needed to mm. get this particle stuff done now. Especially <laughs> the smoke. But I. I made some Yeah, interest. there there was a good hour or so <laughs>
0: that Trevor was sitting there copying and pasting bits from from uh, like Perlin noise or something and uh, and into Photoshop to get these nice little smoke parties but that it's would all change every time. It looks amazing, but it was worth <laughs> it. It came out it came out looking really nice, and nicely. it's all
1: my own asset, and I feel really good about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And look, that was that was it. We did use obviously some uh, assets or store stuff. Uh, you know, the star map. Uh, the the world itself is a, is a free asset store thing, and and some materials, but well, I think some materials. Uh, well, did Ryan make? I all think those he materials? made most of them. I think I think yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, and then we do still have the Steam VR hands yeah. in there. <laughs> um, but uh, no, everything else was ours. I was pretty happy with that.
1: Yeah. So and. One one of the things that um, has been said by by a lot of people is, "Wow, this ha- this actually feels really good," and you know, can't believe that you actually did this in forty eight hours. And the version yep. that we're going to be taking yeah, to the to play really party in like a week in a bit um, is going to uh, going to be even better than what we what we finished off uh, the global game jam with. Yep, it's got yep. full music now from from Mister.
0: Yep. We might even try to voice act some stuff. I don't know. I don't know if we'll get that in there by then, but,
1: uh, it, that's it would nice be nice to have.
0: to have some of my amazing writing <laughs> <laughs> actually be heard. Uh, no, we'll see. But, um, but yeah, a great little tutorial scene that, and, and, and a track scene that, uh, that Trevor's been putting together over the past mm-hmm. few days, as well as just some general fixing of bugs and, and other things.
1: Yeah, there's there's been a uh, few bugs, and now it's all seemingly working well. So hopefully, we will have a mm. um, a new build up on up on the itch.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you if you do if you've got to the end of this and you're like, well, just let me play the fucking. game. Well, you can. Uh, <laughs> you can. You can. You can. You can go to the Global Game Jam site. It is up there. It's a bit harder to find there. Or you can go to and I'll get this right this time. Bitstorm. slash core dash repair. And uh, we'll put a link somewhere. Yep. Go to our Twitter as well. It's it's around. We're spoken everywhere. If,
1: if you aren't able to see that, just go to our YouTube channel, and yes. you'll see Core Repair. There's actually a somewhat a a um, gameplay loop that I recorded. It's basically,
0: a full yeah, a full playthrough, a winning playthrough. Yep. <laughs> you even get you get to see some of the dialogue up there, and um, you get to see the general. Yeah, gameplay it makes it kind of hard
1: when. In VR, you can actually see when I'm looking at the at the communication screen, I can see everything on it. But in the filming, all you can see is the bottom part of yes. it. Yes, so it's a little bit harder. Yes,
0: yeah. the The field of view is different, yeah, but it gets captured. Uh, but well, that's fine. And, and look, if you do have a headset, I we've only tested it on, on an Oculus Rift
1: uh, and that's CV One, should- not Rift S.
0: <laughs> yeah, but look, I think I think the APIs and stuff are pretty good now. It should probably just yep. work. Uh, on others. So, hey, if you try it, let us know and uh, that'll be cool to know. We won't be able to test it because we don't have anything else. But
1: <laughs> Sure, I've got a Google Cardboard around here work. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't quite work the same. So,
0: all right, I think we've yep. jabbered on enough here for a bonus episode. Uh, but, yeah, look, we always have a lot of fun at the Game Jam. You can possibly expect to see some more VR development stuff now that we're kind of in the in that little mode over the next yep. few months. Um, maybe, but, maybe we'll uh, jump might, into might one, one of the other game around. jams
1: that, that happen throughout the year.
0: Yeah, that's it. We were thinking maybe we'd do like a little dare or something uh, or, or maybe one of the longer game jams that we can do over a few weeks um, to try to get yeah. something else built.
1: And who knows, we yeah. may even rope Ryan and Richard into into helping us out with those two. Into working with something. Because yeah, I thoroughly sure. enjoyed working with those two. Hmm it was good it was good
0: alright well thank you for listening to our little self-indulgent uh, game jam postmortem <laughs> hopefully you found it interesting enough learned something go throughout the game uh, if you want to find our stuff usually we do a comedy game design podcast called Bitstorm which I'm sure you know if you've found this but if you, just in case you stumbled across it uh, just go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm and you can find all the stuff there uh, and you can also just go to our, it's got our Twitter and stuff yep. there Bitstompcast on all the socials. Yep. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I'm Betslinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm the Global Game Jam. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>